Ooh, baby, it's the KML Nestcast. And now, your host, May. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Welcome into another edition of the KML Messcast. I'm your host, Maine. Thank you so much for joining us again for another episode. Only a few episodes left on the year. This is your round one recap, round two preview, week 15, week 16 in the NFL. And we got a lot to talk about. December 20th, 2023, 8.57 in the p.m. And really, I mean, the way the way I'm going to talk about this, we're going to recap two games. We're going to say farewell, farewell to two teams. We're going to preview the remaining two games. But I'll tell you what, I got facts for you tonight. This is the facts cast. I'm just going to drop facts. I'm going to sprinkle them like pixie dust. Sprinkle, sprinkle, That's the pixie dust facts just coming down on you. So you don't know when they're going to show up. They may show up later. They may show up soon. You don't know. But I'm going to be dropping them. So, without further ado, let's get into the weekly recap. Weekly recap. Two games to talk about. The first two games of the playoffs. And it worked out according to plan. 5-4, 6-3. The seeds that were playing each other. First game up was the 5-4 matchup. That was Turo versus Gordon Lacko Rob and Turo he I'm convinced I jinxed the shit out of him I'm convinced of it I'm convinced of it uh, if you remember last week for the few the very select few that are still listening to this podcast at this point I talked all long and hard about how Turo Hadn't had a stinker week yet. And his lowest week all year was 94. And that was much better than anybody else. Only two weeks under 100. And the one of them was like 99. Had been consistent all year. And the one thing that could derail his his fucking yellow brick road to a second title was the stinker that was long overdue. And lo and behold, it showed its ugly head 72 points. 72 points. That's not what you're looking for in round one of the playoffs. Needless to say, Gordon Lucko was able to get 105. I will say congratulations to Gordon Lucko for scoring more than 80, 85 points and getting a win because usually when somebody scores 72, he scores like 79, 84, 85. He's kind of down there with them. Picking up a cheap win. Talked about that too a couple of episodes ago. But in this case, no, no, proved it. Congratulations, 105, essentially 106 points. Good for you. You're moving on to the next round of the playoffs. Top seed one, four beat five. I mean, hey, things are going according to the script. The other side of the bracket was Joel versus Bill, the six versus three, respectively. And again, Joel's team laying an egg. 78.7 to 93.4. Just not getting done when the done needed getting done. I think, so I was looking at this to see what the lowest two scores from the losing teams in round one, like what the margin of victory was. Because, I mean, shit, no game was close. I mean, one game was a 30, what, 33-point win. The other game was a fucking 20, 15-point win. That was a little closer than I thought. But still, the point remains. Was this the worst performance by the two losing teams possible? Combined points, 150. Looking down three through 2022 was like almost 100, 200 points. 
2021, that was, eh, that was about, about 152, but still is a little higher. 2018, 2019 was, uh, 20, sorry, 2020 was gangbusters. 2019, that was high. 2018, that was high. 2017, that was high. 2016, 2016 was the down year. Turo 72.7, Rogers 54.3. Hold on a second. Oh no. Oh no. Does Turo have a curse of the first round only putting up 72 points more than one time? Hold on. Hold on a second. Oh no, Turo. Turo has playoff issues where he puts up 70s in the playoffs. Oh no. Oh my God. Fucking facts here. Turo has an issue in the playoffs. If he score, he's, he's got 70, he's got a 70 point problem in the playoffs. Oh my goodness, Turo. Multiple years of scoring 70 points in the first or second rounds and taking an early exit. Not what you want to see. Boy, oh boy. Anyway, at this point, we need to say goodbye to two teams. Unfortunately, it's sad to see them go. You know, I mean, you get used to them, and you, they feel like they're around. You just kind of like it. You know, it feels good having them there. But at this point, we got to say goodbye to the Samstown. Had a great year. Kind of recapping here. Eight and six. Nothing to hang your hat on. And most importantly, got it done when it needed to get done in week 14 to make the playoffs. Congratulations. I want to take a look back at your draft here. Just take a quick look. Uh, draft recap. We go here, and then we click this button, and then we go over here. We say by team, and we go down to Samstown. Where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you? There you are. QBs. Aaron Rodgers. Couldn't have seen that coming. <laughs> Running back position. Austin Eckler. <laughs> Alvin Kamara. Hey. Zach Charbonnet, Antonio Gibson, Ganeth Gainwell, James Conner. Not the worst running back room you've ever seen, but you didn't get what you wanted out of Eckler. And you got more than you needed out of Kamara. You were able to wait on the suspension, and it paid off dividends down the stretch. Wide receiver position, Chris Godwin, Devontae Smith, Zay Flowers, Elijah Moore, and Michael Thomas. How are you? How That is a horrible, that is a horrible wide receiver room in retrospect. Shocking. Quite, to be quite honest, shocking wide receiver room. Travis Kelsey at tight end was fine, wasn't great. Also got to taste some hill in there as a kicker. Uh, not a, not a, I would say this is a mediocre draft, right? In hindsight? I mean, who was his, his, his home runs that he hit was Kamara. And that's about it. <laughs> I mean, it's quite a, tell me out of those players who was a, who was a home run hit above what you thought they'd be, you know, at a draft significantly. Kamara's the only one. Eckler, underperformed. Rogers, hurt. Charbonnet never really materialized. Gibson was a zero. Kenneth Gainwell a zero. James Conner was fine, but hurt for a while. Chris Godwin, worse than expected. Devontae Smith, worse than expected. Zay Flowers, finally coming on late. Elijah Moore, <laughs> Michael Thomas, <laughs> Travis Kelsey, got swifted to death. Taysom Hill, probably better than expected, but I'm still, like, you look at that draft, that, that's a testament to the managerial prowess of the team. To come out of draft, in hindsight, 2020, looking like that, only one pick, a true home run, above what you thought the pre-draft value was going to be, and you still had the year you had, congratulations. That's really well done. That's really well done. What'd you do? Did you make any trades this year? Hold on. Let's take a quick look here. Activity over here. Then you go over here. You click this button. You say team. Show me the Samstown teams right there. Then I don't give a fuck about anything. I want the start date way the fuck back, and I don't care about anything except trades. Traded. What you got here? 
One, two, three, four trades on the year. First trade was between Samstown Midnight Whistler on August 30th. Antonio Gibson and Zay Flowers for DeAndre Hop. Good trade. Good trade. I took a while for Hopkins to come around, but I think we can all agree Hopkins is the better side of that trade. Then, Thursday, October 31st, the next fucking day, you traded Michael Thomas and Aaron Rodgers to the Midnight Whistler for Zay Flowers and Tua Tungavailoa. There it is. There it is. Trading Aaron Rodgers and Michael Thomas to nothings for Tua Tungavailoa, who carried you. Carried you to the playoffs. Good good trade there. That's two wins over the Midnight Whistler. Back-to-back. Back. Two, two days. Back-to-back. Back. Then... Active again early season. Tuesday, September 12th. Samstown trading Tua Tungavailo and Devontae Smith. What? what? You traded back? Oh, there it is. There it is. I apologize. I didn't realize that you didn't have two all year. You had two for about a week and a half, two weeks. Then you traded Tua Tungavailo and Devontae Smith to the Whistler for Michael Thomas and Josh Allen. Josh Allen, another win trade over the Whistler. Congratulations. Josh Allen was the one that was able to float your team for the significant portion of the regular season. And then finally, as a little chef's kiss on October 18th, Samstown and the Midnight Whistler at it again. Samstown trading Chris Godwin and Zach Charbonnet for Devontae Smith back home where he belonged. That was kind of a who gives a shit trade, but I can't think we can say that Devontae Smith was more valuable late season than those other two guys. So, I mean, you made four trades with the Whistler on the season, and you significantly won each and every single one of them. I don't know how Jared does it every fucking year. But, Okay. Most points in the league, though. Lost four trades in a row with one team. And uh, most points in the league, though. Congratulations. Anyway, so that's a good Samstown recap. Let's take a look at the other side of the coin here. <sighs> Whatever the team name was, we don't know. Was it Goat Backwards? We're not sure. Who's to say? Was it Tits? Was it Turd? Nobody knows for sure, but in the end, Joel had a great regular season. First time back in playoffs since what was it? Oh my God, I got to go back and check. It's been a fucking hot ass minute. First time in playoffs since 2016. 2016? A motherfucking lifetime ago. Eight years? Is that right? Is my math right on that? Oh my God. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Years ago was the last time he was in the playoffs. I would like to drop a fact here. <laughs> I think it's time to drop a fact. Did you know that out of the 11 teams that have won a playoff game ever in the KML, guess who hasn't won a playoff game in the longest period of time? It's Joel. Did you know that Joel hasn't won a playoff game in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight? Is he'll be eight years since he won a playoff game? No. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years since he won a playoff game. <laughs> it's been seven years since he won a playoff game, and then he makes his triumphant return. We see a video. I can't take credit for this line of thinking. This was this was somebody somebody brought this to my attention. But you think about everything that's come come together for old old Joel. He he hasn't been in playoffs in seven years. He makes his triumphant return. His team's peaking at the right moment. He's feeling good about himself. He's sending amazing videos to hype himself up. He's sending fucking 
you know, he's just he's he's talking shit in the chirp. He's active again. And then to come out and lay a fucking egg of 70? Of a 74, whatever the fuck it was? Oh my god! Oh my god! That's gotta feel bad, and there's a reason he hasn't even looked at the chirp since he put up that 70. You go back and look. You look for his little bubble. He's muted that fucking shit. We ain't hearing from him until goddamn February. It'll probably be about the Colts playoff game or some shit. Well, I guess I'll be in January to delay. Whatever. What you know what the fuck I'm saying? It's been a minute. It's gonna be a minute. It will have been a minute. Unbelievable. Let's take a look at Joel's draft. Good night, sweet prince. Good riddance. Here's your draft. QB position, Anthony Richardson and Trevor Lawrence. Good pick on Anthony Richardson. Better than we ever could have expected. And lo and behold, he got injured, so that's not your fault. That was actually a pretty solid pick there. Running back position, Joe Mixon, Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary, Chris Evans, and Devon Achan. I mean... Who was, who's the home run? I mean, A-Chan was the home run, obviously, out of that guy, but Mixon was fine. Mixon's a, a decent pick there, you know? Pierce was, you know, we did, you got the Pierce-Singletary stack, and together they probably were okay, but not nothing to worry at home about. Wide receiver position, Stefan Diggs, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, Michael Pittman Jr., Quinton Johnson, Nico Collins. Here is where he made his hay. Diggs? Solid pick, still a top nine guy. Ridley, amazing early season, fizzled out, but that was fine because you had other guys come on. DK Metcalf, I don't know what to do with DK next year. Disappointing though, I think we can all agree disappointing. Michael Pittman Jr., great, much better than expected. Quentin Johnson, Nico Collins, amazing, much better than expected. Tight end position, David Njoku, and the rest really doesn't matter. So, I mean, you look at his draft, it's a pretty fucking good draft. I'd say it was a better draft than Turo's. When you look at, the you know, 20 hindsight 2020, Richardson QB was a great pick. Joe Mixon was totally fine. Devon Achan, Achin, whatever the fuck his name is, was fucking amazing. Great fucking pick. Stefan Diggs, solid pick. Calvin Ridley worked out early season. Michael Pittman Jr., awesome pick. Nico Collins, awesome pick. I mean, he's got home runs in here, left and right. And when you win the draft like this, this is how you can get away without making a trade all fucking year. This is what you have to do is have that good upfront draft. So, I mean, really, that's what it comes down to is he was so good early season coming out of draft that he was able to float the team and not feel like it had to make a move even even though he probably should have we all should have everybody should make a trade but still good for him can't even look at the fucking uh activity because there's zero trades right was there any trades no i gotta double check you might have made one transaction counter the unknown he did make a trade now i gotta look what was the trade here team unknown here, all the way back. Where's the trade? There it is. Trade unknown in the Midnight Whistler making a trade on November 23rd. Late season. Midnight Whistler trading Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier for Joe Mixon, Nico Collins on the Cowboys defense. I mean, I think Nico Collins and Joe Mixon were the better end of that trade, even because just simply because Bijan laid a fucking egg in round one. Who knows what to do with him next year either? Some interesting things to look at, but the fact is. Two teams done, four teams remain. Let's stop looking back and let's start looking forward. Oh my God. Oh my God. Enough of this music. Depressing, fucking depressing. Four teams left. You know what isn't depressing? Getting to talk about the next two matchups. Okay, let's think about this. How do we want to do it? How do we want to do it? How do we want to do it? 
What order do we go in? I'm going to tell you right up front before we even get into my picks. No, let's get in the picks. Fuck it. We're 20. We're 20. Picks and predictions. Before I hit the music, though, I do want to tell you, 0-2 last week. I apologize. Not great on the picks. 45 and 41 on the season. I think I can be getting my 2-4. I am. I'm a shirt at least a 500. <laughs> shirt at least a 500 record on picking the games. Isn't that good? 500. That's what you need. You can't even pay for the fucking vig. Uh. All right. Let's go. Let's uh. Let's uh. Let's uh. Let's uh. Let's get into our first game here. That means we're gonna need some fucking music. So let's go over here. Let's fucking find something. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Oh, you know what I got? I'm gonna no 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 no. These are the money rounds. These are the money rounds. These are the rounds. The winner of these games guaranteed. What is it this year? Nine hundred dollars. The with think about that. The winner of these games are guaranteed nine hundred dollars. First game up. First game I want to talk about is Gordon Lucko at Stray Bumps, homie. Two old foes facing off. And I love this matchup for a variety of reasons. Gordon Lucko, 9-5. I don't even tell you. Need to, Gordon Lucko, one last fucking coming off a great win. Projected for 108. Straight bumps homie projected for 114.3. These two teams met one time before in week four. Straight bumps homie coming out on top, 134 to 121. If these two teams had played every single week, including playoffs, Straight Bumps Homie would have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 wins, 5 losses. All-time record. Wingers, Wingers, Wingers versus Rob favoring Wingers, 10 wins, 6 losses. Very closely mirroring the regular season head-to-head matchup. Let's take a look at the players. First up, Brock Purdy for Gordon Lucko. Surprisingly great going up against Lamar Jackson. Brock Purdy actually a better scoring player on average on the season than Lamar Jackson. Head to head. I love it. Let me get some fucking game times up. This is important. I need to see some fucking game times. Monday night? <laughs> Boys, we're in for it. Monday night head-to-head QB for the marbles? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. And it gets even better. It gets even better. Because we got fucking rivalry here. I didn't say who I like better. Who do I like better? I don't fucking know. Uh, I think I like probably Purdy better. I feel like Purdy can manage the game a little bit better. Lamar's going to be a little bit... I worry about Lamar up against the tougher defense of San Francisco than I worry about Purdy in the system against, and with the weapons too, against the Baltimore defense, especially playing at home. Rashad White and Brees Hall for Gordon Luck again against Christian McCaffrey and Travis Etn. It's Christian McCaffrey, it's Travis Etn. I think we all can agree with that. Wide receiver position, DJ Moore and Chris Godwin for Gordon Luck against Mike Evans and T. T. Higgins. Somebody get on the ESPN website and tell me how many round two playoff matches feature T. Higgins and Chris Godwin going up against each other. <laughs> oh, my God. 
<laughs> what the fuck is going on? Anyway, uh, boy, DJ Moore, Arizona. Mike Evans at Jacksonville. Give me, give me DJ Moore and Chris Godwin. I don't think I like T. Higgins against Pittsburgh. I think I like DJ Moore and Chris Godwin slightly. Give me that end of the coin. Dallas Goddard at uh, the Giants for Philly. Regarding Luck, going to get Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta's one on the season. Good for, oh yeah, he threw like three touchdowns last week. Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta, big. Keenan Allen, is he even playing? He gets Buffalo at the flex position. Trey McBride for straight bumps, homie. I like Keenan if he plays. Commanders get at the Jets. Oh, God. Oh, that's ballsy to do. No, 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 no. I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. Commanders at the Jets. The Commanders are the worst defense on the year. Nobody nobody worse than the Commanders defense. And I know you could try to play the matchup at the Jets, but holy hell. Bengals at Pittsburgh. <sighs> Jason Sanders at Dallas. Jake Moody. This Monday night. This is a Monday night fucking unbelievable game. Let me look at this. Hold on. Full box score. Let's take a look. So we're going to have Gordon. Let's just listen to this. There's two Monday games. Oh, fuck. You two. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. You guys have to watch this shit. So Christmas Day. For Gordon Lucko, he's going to have Brock Purdy at QB. He's going to have Dallas Goddard at, at uh, tight end earlier in the day. And then he's going to have Jake Moody kicking at night. And for straight bums, he's going to have Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey. And the Ravens defense. <laughs> we, <coughs> we have six players in this matchup going on Monday night. Five of them are in the Monday night last game of the week. I am. Get your fucking popcorn ready. That's going to be a great fucking matchup. Who do I think wins this one? I mean, I almost need to pause for a second because I am so fucking positive about this pick. This is my lock of the century. It's my lock of the century. Guys, last week, I these two teams were power ranked. Straight Bumps Homie in second, most likely first now after Samstown laid the fucking egg. So Straight Bumps Homie's the top team, has been the top team all year, has yet to really fucking be beat by anybody. And I put Gordon Lucko in 11th. So you tell me who you want to pick between the number one team and the 11th team. It's not even fucking close. This is going to be a goddamn cakewalk for Wingus. He's going to fucking destroy... Rob, remember I said earlier in the season about how Jared was going to destroy Rob so bad that Kelly's going to have a four, you know, he's going to have a, Kelly's going to have, get pregnant, have a kid, and this is going to actually be Jared's, because you fucking, you, you understand how the anatomy of that situation works. Well, this is the same fucking situation, except for Wingus this time. Fucking shin bones to the backs of calves. Fapping away. You know what? Hold on a second. Hold on. This is a great time. I am so fucking sure. You know what? Everybody thinks, like, this is just me, like, picking a game. Like, no, 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 no. Hold on. This is not me just picking a game. It's time for some fucking facts, because I'm just going to lay this out, okay? I already said that Wingus is the number one fucking ranked power ranked team against Gordon Lugga, who's the 11th ranked power ranked team. Oh, my God! You want some more fucking facts? If we throw out the first two years of the league, which is fucking leather helmet shit, I mean, we would had... We had, you know, ties because we weren't doing fractional scoring. There was no PPR. We didn't have the right guys in the league. We had people that weren't even updating rosters and shit. So as far as I'm concerned, the Super Bowl era starts for the third year of the league when Moto joined. 20 what? 2015 it was? <clears throat> so, I ran some numbers going from 2015. First off, guess who's won the most championships or tied for the most championships won since 2015? It's Mike Wingus. Oh, my God. Guess how much money 
who leads the money one since 2015. It's Mike Wingus. Oh my God. That averages $650 a year he wins. Every, I'm talking eight years. Every single year, he averages a win of $650. And here he is again. All he has to do is win this, this game, guaranteed for another $900. Oh, my God. I mean, he can't, he can't stop making money in this league. He literally would have to try to lose this game. He's so locked into making money in this league. Money just finds his ass. It just finds his ass in this fucking league. Then, if that's not enough, if I haven't fucking, as the top line, most important things in the league, getting your name on the trophy and getting some cash along with it. You want me to go deeper? I'll go fucking deeper. Since the Super Bowl era in this league, 2015 and on, guess who has the most regular season wins? Well, it's me, but guess who has the second most regular season wins? It's Mike Wingus. And he's clear a third place by five fucking wins. 72 wins over the last eight years. Unbelievable run. That's a 600 winning percentage. Unbelievable. You want me to go deeper? I'll go deeper. Guess? I'll give you I'll give you th- th- 10 guesses. But you're only going to need one. Guess who scored the most points in the league in the Super Bowl era? It's Mike Wingus. Oh, my God. He averages 107 points a game which is a full point more than the second place team. Think about that. Eight years. How many games is in eight years? Fucking 70 or some shit total? I know we had that fucking down here. Hold on. Let's see. Is it this? And then it's the fucking this button here. And what's that equal? That equals 120. 120 games. So over 120 games is scoring one point more than the second place team. It doesn't sound like a, it's a big fucking difference. I'm telling you. Unbelievable fucking run for him. I'll tell you even more. You're going to tell me next, you're going to be like, well, okay, man, like, you know, okay, so he scored the most points in the league in the last eight years, Super Bowl era, the year that counts, the, the era that actually counts, he scored the most points, I get it, he's got the second most wins, that makes sense, he probably had terrible points against it, he probably had fucking shitty matchups, had all these fucking easy matchups, well, tell you what, he didn't, oh my god, his points against over the same period are sixth, top half, so it wasn't like he was getting cakewalks, he was getting 104 scored on every fucking week, still, getting all those fucking wins, stacking all those wins, making all that money, getting all those championships. He's unfucking believable He's unstoppable. He's eternal. He's inevitable. Michael Wingus. Oh, man. I'm glad I got that off my chest. All right, we can move on and talking about the next game. Just kidding. I got more fucking stats for you. You want to talk about, that's just regular season. That's just regular season we just talked about. And you're going to tell me, you know what? Regular season doesn't matter. That's preseason to some people. Talk to me about the real season, the playoffs. I'll talk to you about the playoffs. Since the Super Bowl era started in this league, full rosters, the same 12 guys, the same with the decent settings on score and getting our shit together, not fucking playing with no fucking forward pass and shit like it was with 2013 and 2014. Guess who has the most playoff wins? It's Mike Wingus. Oh my God. Nine playoff wins. Next highest is Eight playoffs wins. Fucking 750 wins. That's what you want to know. You want to know something else? Guess who has the highest winning percentage? You're going to tell me, oh, yeah, he's probably been in the playoffs much. Has a fucking, you know, bunch of lot. No. Guess who has the highest winning percentage? Nick Minot. But guess who has the second most highest winning percentage? Is Mike Wingus. Oh, my God. Winning three quarters of his games. 0.750 winning percentage. Minot has seven and two. Wingus, nine wins, three losses in the last eight fucking years. You kidding me with that goddamn record? Oh, my God. 
You want to talk more? Okay, fine. We can talk more. Playoff points four in the Super Bowl era. Guess who has the most points scored in the Super Bowl era with a significant amount of games? Say more than like fucking four games played. It's not. It's, it's Vin. But right behind Vin is my wingus. Oh my God. First place in this metric is Moto actually with 121 scored, but he's only been in like fucking four or five fucking playoff games. So his, his uh, end is a little bit low. Vit though, Vit, he's averaging 109.83. Mike Wiggins averaging 109.71. Unbelievable. That's that's le- that's a point, 1.5 points less than Vit over the same number of games of the same number of period. Unbelievable. And then a points against, points against. Points against. This is where it really counts. You know, there's the fucking regular season. It's going to stretch out over enough of time. 120 games, you know, it's going to kind of come out in the wash, so you can't really get these aberrations. Well, let me tell you something. Mike Wingus, if it's not enough that he's scoring all these fucking points, that he's winning all this money, that he's had all the success, that he's had all this regular season success, all this fucking playoff success, he's fucking winning these championships, his cash, he's fucking following into his pockets, he's scoring all these fucking points, he's also getting fucking lucky as fuck in the playoffs. Guess who has, in the Super Bowl era, era the third lowest points scored against? In the last eight years. Is my wingus. Oh my god. Telling you. 96 points against. Only two teams have better. One is mine at 93. And the other one is Joel at 91.92. And the only reason he's got 91.92. Is because of the fucking. You know. The, the win and the lot. The, you know. The one playoff run he made. And then he got a shitty one here. I'm telling you. It's unbelievable. 91.92. That's another thing that doesn't get mentioned. Is Joel has fucking lowest points against in the po- fucking playoffs. In the Super Bowl era. Fucking sham team. Fucking sham team. Oh my god. Guys, I don't know what we're doing here. I mean, I don't know why. There's a reason he's treasurer. Because we just streamlined the process of divvying the funds. Because it's always going to him. At least of, of significant portions. Always going right back and staying an ally. Getting that fucking five and a half, six percent Whatever the fuck it is. It's That just makes sense to have him be treasurer year over year. Because he's going to win money every fucking year. An average of 650, and it's going to go up after he gets the fucking first or second this year, and he wins this matchup. I'm telling you, he can't avoid winning money in this league. He can't avoid finishing top three. I've talked about it before. You look at this best record. Fucking unbelievable. I didn't, I didn't give it. Hold on. I didn't put the banner in. I didn't put the banner in. Regular season title. Oh, he got that one. This too. This too. So let me. Oh, I, I got I to gotta fucking expand the column for him. It might fucking happen so often. 23 comp. He's had the best regular season record three fucking years. Three fucking years. 15, 19, and 23. He had the most points in 15. Oh my God. It's just unbelievable. It's just unbelievable what happens here. Hold on a second. We had a pause. Most points this year was Midnight Whistler. We all fucking know that. I don't think he's had most points before. I don't have him as 1800. Oh no no he had it in 21. He had it in 21. I gotta I gotta work on this. I gotta get some missing data. Oh no he's down here. He's down here. He's <laughs> congratulations to Jared for having the most points for the fourth fucking year. <laughs> <coughs> Jared has had the most points in the league in 17, 20, 21, and 23. What does he have to show for it? Fucking 66 and 80 record overall. Two and four in the playoffs. Finished, uh, finished third twice. Not what you're looking for. Oh my God. Okay. 
Well, anyway, Rob, it was a great season. I'll wait until next week to do your eulogy. I mean, it's I I I feel bad for you having to go against this fucking juggernaut. I mean, I wish you were on the other side of the bracket because then at least you have a chance to make nine hundred bucks. But I mean, he's just it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what he's been accomplishing, what he's been able to do, and it's, I just don't see any fucking way. Uh, that, that it doesn't continue. That it doesn't continue. He's just fucking, he's just not going to lay an egg. He's already, well, the best part about it is he already laid his eggs, but his eggs, like Turo laid, he already laid those eggs, but they didn't matter because it happens week 14 and his body, you know, it just doesn't matter. He's just fucking, <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> when he had everything locked up is when he lays his eggs. He's, it's, it's all come together. And then on top of that, as if it's not enough of a fucking karma retribution for the bullshit we pulled, you want to talk about some karma. Just think back to the fucking pre-draft party where the schedule selection party. Who was the one that ousted that that brought up the motion to oust the commissioner? Fucking military coup. Who was the fucking one that did that? Oh, the guy who fucking led the league in points and didn't make playoffs. Hmm. Really? Fucking think. Imagine that. Imagine that. Oh my god. Then look at the other side of the coin. The guy who couldn't make it for very legitimate and valid reasons had, had, you know, family emergencies that he couldn't come down the mile, can't come down the road a mile and a half to come see, you know, 11 of his best friends. I mean, fucking one guy would have been there if he could have been. He's in a hospital bed. He couldn't get fucking discharged in time. But the guy who was a mile and a half down the road, family emergency, couldn't make it. I mean, everybody else made it. Everybody else made it. Who Everybody else who lives further away than he does made it, but it was, you know what? It went against him. He had the bad karma and guess what? Look what's happening now. Fucking unbelievable playoff run. Nailed every single draft pick of his. Has been fucking everything he touched. King Midas. Everything he touches turns to gold. And wouldn't it just be the chef's kiss, the cherry on top of the fucking angel food cake for him to take home the title in the year that we tried to fuck him over when he didn't make it to the party? Oh my God. Unbelievable. Unbelievable setup here. Rob. It was good. It was a good run. I got to give you your due. You had the shittiest team I've ever seen that actually made it to the second round of the playoffs. But here you are about to get fucking steamrolled right in the buttocks. And uh, you know what? We'll talk. We'll talk about your team next week. You know, we'll, you, we'll eulogize your team next week. Give it its due. But enjoy the enjoy this last one. Enjoy these last couple days. Try to enjoy Christmas. Uh, it's going to be a rough one for you. Santa, Santa's not bringing you a present. It's going to be cold and stocking. So depressing it's almost depressing at least i want to see like a close game going into monday night i'd like to see something close like oh it's kind of exciting like oh i can watch something but it might not even be it might be over by monday night it might be it might not even get that fucking far he might be so fucking far ahead wingus might just be burying his ass so fucking bad i'm telling you it's unbelievable anyway let's talk about the i think the other matchup will actually be kind of close so let's talk about the other matchup here we go these nuts <laughs> got him <he>. got him <he. laughs> All right, the other side of the bracket. Much closer game. Much more competitive game. Cream of the crops traveling to three-stripe life. And I love this matchup, too. Cream of the crops. And three-stripe life had... Oh, cream of the crops. What they were oh! Oh, I gotta refresh this page. Hold on, everybody. Hold on, everybody. I'm gonna go here, and I'm gonna click this button here, and we're back. Projected points in this one, 91.6 for Cream of the Crops against 108.9 for Three Stripe Life. That's 17-point advantage in favor of Three Stripe Life. However, these two teams have played twice before this year. And guess who's taken it down both fucking times? Bill over Vitaly in Week 2, 115 to 113. Bill over Vitaly in Week 13, 112 to 102. 
He's had his number all fucking year. Let's see if he can continue it moving forward into this matchup. If they had played every single week, Cream of the Crops would have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven wins, eight losses. So just about 500. All-time record, Bill versus Vit. Favoring Vit, eight wins, six losses. I'm telling you, there's just a lot of parallels in this matchup. Just a lot of parallels. Take a look at the rosters. Jordan Love for Cream of the Crops going up against Jalen Hurts. Somehow, Jalen Hurts, second on the year, averaging 22 points. Give me Jalen Hurts. Running back position, Chuba Hubbard and Jamar Gibbs going up against Ezekiel Elliott and DeAndre Swift. I like Gibbs and I like Hubbard. You hear me? I like Gibbs and I like Hubbard. And this is an amazing thing about fantasy. Everybody think back about like six, seven, eight weeks when we would pull up Vitt's team and his running back room looked fucking unbelievable, like unbeatable good. We're like, he's got like five top 12 running backs. Like, what are we going to do here? He's, here he is starting Ezekiel Elliott, DeAndre Swift, and Isaiah Pacheco. None of those guys are an RB1 on the year. None of them. None of them. Give me Hubbard. Give me Gibbs. Gibbs has been sneaky, sneaky good. Sneaky good. Averaging 15 a game. Wide receiver position, Gabe Davis and Drake London. Don't do Gabe Davis. Hold on. Are you getting Tyreek Hill? Oh, you haven't put Tyreek Hill back in. Wide receiver position, Tyreek Hill. We'll see. I think Tyreek plays. Tyreek Hill and Drake London going up against Justin Jefferson and A.J. Brown. What a matchup. Boy, what a matchup. I think I got, I got to go Hill and London. London's been kind of hot lately. They're going to play Indianapolis, who gives up a bunch of points and has to score a bunch of points. They're going to have to throw the ball there. I kind of like I kind of like Hill and London over J. Jeff and A.J. Brown. T.J. Hawkinson at the tight end position going against David Njoku. Of course, it's Hawk there. Flex position might be Christian Watson. Probably going to be Tyler Lockett going against Isaiah Pacheco. I like Pacheco at the flex. Texans at Cleveland and Evan McPherson for Cream of the Crops. Bills at Chargers and Chris Boswell for three-stripe life. I don't like the Bills play because you don't get that new coach bump after fucking what's-his-face got fired from the Chargers, so I'm taking Texans at Cleveland. Can the Joe Flacco magic continue? I don't know, but I'll take the Texans. Who do I like in this matchup? I think I'm taking Bill. Now listen, I know the point 17 points favorites right now, but it all really hinges on Tyreek Hill. If Tyreek Hill plays... I think I like Bill better because he's going to swap out Gabe Davis. That's an extra fucking, what is it? Like going to be an extra uh, 12 points right there. So then it'd be, I'm telling you. And I think he's had his number all year. I mean, he won the first matchup by fucking less than three points. He won the second matchup by less than 10 points. Like it's going to be a tight matchup. It's going to be a fucking battle. And I think Bill is going to get Vitaly for the third time. The third time on his magical run. On his magical, magical run. Let's take a look at some game times. Uh, Sunday, 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 Sunday. A couple Sunday night games. You know, maybe if Gabe Davis plays Buffalo. Monday night, Jalen Hurts. Monday night, DeAndre Swift. Monday night, A.J. Brown. Or Monday afternoon, I should say. I love that. Oh, God. Monday during the day, Pacheco? Oh, Bill, you're set up for an all-time pucker. Bill's set up for an all-time pucker. All of Bill's guys... All of Bill's guys that he would most likely play if he'll plays go on either. His entire team goes at 1 p.m. on Sunday. 
And then he's got Kicker and Hill at 4.30. So he's going to have all his points early. And then Sunday night and Monday start for Vitaly just trying to call his way back. Vit better be up. Let's think how many points Bill should be up at the end of going into the Sunday night games. Because he'll, his team will be done. His team will be done. Vitaly's going to have Hertz. You probably need 25 to feel good there. He's going to have Swift. You probably need another 10, 15 to feel good there. So call it 40. Then he's going to have A.J. Brown. You probably need another 15 there to feel okay. So that's 55. He's going to have Pacheco. You probably need another 10, 15 there. So what's that? We're up to 70 now. And then also Sunday night, Bills defense. That's a probably about like a seven or eight points. So now you're like 78. You got to be up like 80 points, Bill. <laughs> <coughs> if Bill has an 80-point lead going into... 80 points or more lead going into those late games on Sunday, I think he's got a shot. Anything less than 80... You get down to the 70s or even 60s, ooh boy, it's gonna be it's gonna be real fucking tight. But I think 80 is kind of the kind of the over under about where you need to be sitting after those afternoon games, going into the Sunday night and Monday. These are gonna be great matchups. God, we got a lot of football to watch Monday. I hope you ain't doing shit Monday. Park your ass in front of the fucking TV and watch some goddamn football. It's gonna be a fun one. Get 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 fucking fancy cast up there. Live updates. It's gonna be a good one, everybody. Alrighty, so to recap, I'm picking straight bumps homie, the team of destiny, the inevitable team. Cream of the Cross playing for second place. I think he can get by Vitaly for the third time. Would be the maximum amount of times you could possibly beat somebody in one year. I don't know if it's been done before, quite honestly. I don't I can, I could I don't think I can go back and check. But it would be unbelievable to lose to the same fucking team three times in one year. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh man, I love it. Alright, let's get some final thoughts. Final thoughts. Not much to talk about here. You know, I just dropped a bunch of facts in you. I mean, I don't make the stats. I don't make them up. I didn't pull these out of thin air. These just is what it is. You know, it is what it is, my man. Anyway, best of luck to the teams that still have a shot for second place. I hope you guys get second or third. First place wrapped up and uh, got only four games left. Only four games left, and they look like they're going to be fucking good ones. This is the best fucking week this week. It's going to be awesome with the timing of all the games and stuff. Really looking forward to it. Some fun stuff to look at. Thanks for listening. Call the hotline. Email. You never do. Who gives a fuck? I'm your host, Maine. Love you. Talk to you next week. It's a little piece of shining light.